Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Uh, This morning we're going to look at a familiar verse in the Bible. Uh, many of you looked at this verse, these verses at uh, during Sunday school, uh, but at this time of the year, it's difficult to preach or do anything without um, mentioning this passage of Scripture. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, if you would. Especially during uh, the Sunday right before Christmas, you uh, focus on uh, the Christmas season, you focus on the Christmas event, and Let's face it, though, uh, in spite of the fact that we try and focus on uh, the birth of Jesus Christ and, and all that goes with it, uh, this time of the year seems to be uh, either loved by everyone or hated by everyone. It, you can't, you're, you're not kind of indifferent. You either love Christmas or you hate Christmas. You either love all the, the festivities, the lights, all the things that are going on. You love the, uh, the time with family or you just hate all the over-commercialization. You hate all the, uh, the decorations. You get tired of seeing uh, things. You know, what I found so funny was is that uh, before Halloween, they already had Christmas stuff out. And the other day, I noticed they already have Valentine's stuff out. It's just amazing how they're just trying to whiz us through all this. And, and what it is is they they're, uh, the stores are trying to maximize on this time of the year when people spend money. Uh, they spend money at Christmas time and they spend money at Valentine's. Uh, that's the second uh, biggest uh, time that people spend money on things. And, and it can seem like Christmas has gotten to be over commercialized we we uh, <coughs> we get so mixed so many mixed signals with all the different things that are going on but you know uh, the memories that you have at, at, at this time of the year of of Christmas past it, it most of the time it, it centers around being with family being around the Christmas tree and and sharing about the message of Jesus Christ sharing the message of his birth and we want to make sure that today more than any other day that we consider what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for us in sending Jesus Christ to be with us. We we might have memories of Christmas gifts and Christmas mornings where we open all that kind of stuff, but we need to think about the greatest gift of all. And that's really what Sunday School was about this morning, was about uh, when we talked about that uh, in our small groups, was the fact that we uh, need to consider the great gift of Jesus Christ. And so we need to look at this uh Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping uh, watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept them all and uh, all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And I thank God for the Bible and the fact that we uh, can make sure that we know and understand the reason, the purpose for Christmas. As I mentioned last Sunday, in some countries uh, this time of the year is known as Uh, In Japan, it's known as Ho-Ho-Ho Day. It's not even known as Christmas because they don't associate this time of the year with the the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. And some may know it, and there are Christians in Japan. I'm not discounting that. But for the most part, it it is just the over-commercialization of giving and receiving gifts. And unfortunately, our country is becoming more and more like this uh, stereotypical thing of, of what is it that we're doing? We're giving and giving, uh, receiving gifts. But fortunately, we have a long tradition, a long history of sharing the true meaning of Christmas. And thank the Lord that we have God's Word, that we understand and know about what God has done for us and why we do celebrate this season. And uh, there's a lot of, of signs on, on uh, lawns that I've seen driving around uh, different places. Jesus is the reason for the season and uh, things like that. Put it up on the uh, boards in front of churches and things. But uh, for a lot of people, there's not really uh, an understanding of what this is all about. So we see this here in this passage of Scripture. The the shepherds, they were out doing their thing. These were uh, lowly men that... that uh, had the the bad watch. They had to watch the sh- the sheep in the middle of the night. Uh, they were there half asleep, trying to make sure that the the sheep weren't uh, drug away by uh, predatory animals. Making sure that the sheep were staying where they were were supposed to be. And so they were out in the midst of a open. You know, we always think of shepherds being out in the in an open field and. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think they probably were in a sheepfold, but they were still shepherds that had to watch the gate. They had to watch the sheep. They had to make sure that they were protected and kept there. And uh, I don't know too many sheep that, that graze at night. I, I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about sheep, but I know they probably don't uh, go around grazing during the middle of the night. But uh, here they, these shepherds were. They were, uh, they were pulling the overnight watch. They were sitting there making sure that the sheep were taken care of and 
in the midst of the darkest part of night, I can imagine that all of a sudden everything became bright and uh, as bright as day when this angel descended and began to declare to the, the shepherds that there was an amazing event going on. That there was an amazing announcement. It said, uh, "The angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord.'" For centuries, the Israelites have been waiting for the Blessed One, the Anointed One, the Messiah to come. And here the angel of God was declaring that this was the time in which it was coming about, that this was happening now, that the, uh, the, the, the prophecies that were foretold by Isaiah and other prophets was coming to pass, that this was the time that they were to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in the city of David, born unto them. This is a time for giving. The angel was declaring the greatest gift of all, the gift that God was giving unto the people of, of the world, uh, the people of all mankind. God gave His Son unto men. When those shepherds heard these words, they were told this Savior was coming and they uh, were blown away by this announcement. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, He was literally... God in human flesh. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God in the beginning, and there was nothing made that He didn't make. John declares that the Word was made flesh. And this is what was happening, that, uh, that God had sent His only begotten Son to live and dwell amongst us. And says in First uh, John 1, 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All throughout His life, Jesus pr- uh, proved these words. The way that He interacted with people, the way He taught people, the way in which He he touched them and healed them, the way in which He uh, went about His everyday life, all these things that Jesus did, they were things that, that He did to prove who He was. And the way in which He reached out to those who were unloved and unreached by the rest of the world, those who were cast off, these shepherds were some of the very ones that were cast out by the world. They were men who slept in the outdoors. They were men who spent all their time with sheep. I don't know about you, but if, I, uh, if, if I'm around my dog very long, I start to smell like my dog. And when I go around other people, I can tell that I smell like my dog. Especially if I rub on my dog a lot and everything, you, your hands start to smell. What do you think these shepherds were like? They had to deal with these sheep, had to, had to move them. And, and sheep are dumb. Let me just say that. Sheep are just dumb. They will follow each other right off of a cliff. And so there were times they had to probably lift them out of ditches. They had to make sure that they were 
taken care of and they didn't hurt themselves as sheep hurt themselves you know that they don't they don't have the common sense even to keep from hurting themselves and so these shepherds had to care for them they had to anoint them with oil to heal their wounds they had to do all these different things in order to make sure they weren't infested with with bugs and things like that and so they smelled like sheep they were around sheep a lot and look when you do something a lot you tend to talk about that thing a lot if you're an emt you talk about the different people that you go and help save the different calls that you've had the different treatments that you've had to do if you're a banker you talk about finances and all that these men were shepherds what do you think they talked about sheep that's probably not the most popular thing. The, the, the one thing, though, that these men did that, that made them, it worthwhile for them, one, they, they provided sheep not just for the wool, for the clothing to be made, or the meat for it to be eaten, but they also provided something else. Whenever someone wanted to go to the temple... And to go make a sacrifice, they took a sheep. They took a lamb, a spotless and blameless lamb that would be offered as a sacrifice. They either had to do the hard thing and raise that lamb themselves, and make sure it's taken care of and fed, or they went to one of these men, these shepherds, and they bought a sheep. And they bought that sheep not to go home and enjoy as a meal or to shear and, and, and enjoy the fruits of their labor of making wool and, and clothing from the, the sheep. They bought a young lamb that didn't have a whole lot of life, that was spotless and blameless, that was pure. They took that lamb to the priest to be offered as a sacrifice for their sins, to be offered up, not to to be eaten and enjoyed, but to be simply burned on an altar as a replacement for them, as a payment for sins. And here are these shepherds that were raising these sheep to be an offering were given the announcement of the, the birth of the Lamb of God. The lamb that was sent to be a sacrifice for the whole world. And so these shepherds were receiving the greatest news of all. That the great shepherd, uh, the great uh, offering, the lamb of God was being born. And you know, uh, it was also a time for men to give of themselves. Nobody likes to try and find an, a gift for somebody that has everything. I remember as a, as a young boy, I would ask the same question I'm getting asked now as an adult myself. What do you want for Christmas, Daddy? Daddy, you can get anything you need, anything you want. What do you want for Christmas, Daddy? I remember what my dad used to say. It used to 
I think it started out as a joke, but I think it was something that we just kind of did every year. We'd ask Daddy, Daddy, what do you want for Christmas? You want another coffee mug? No, Daddy has all kinds of coffee mugs. I remember an ugly mug. I got him one time that had an ugly mug on it. It was it was an ugly face on a mug. It was called an ugly mug. Um, got him all kinds of different things. But once you get him an ugly mug, as long as he doesn't break it, he's got an ugly mug. He doesn't need another ugly mug. I, I remember we, we tried to get him all kinds of different things. Hank, my daddy was one of the men that was brought up that everywhere he went, he had a handkerchief in his pocket. He used to call it a hankerfish. And he'd, he'd have that handkerchief in his pocket all the time. And so one year we got him handkerchiefs. But you know, they don't go bad real quick. And he would use them and use them and use them until they fell apart. So he didn't need handkerchiefs every year. So dad finally got to the point where he would say, well, just get me some underwear. Because his underwear had worn out and he needed more underwear. Dad, I don't want to get you underwear, you know. I'll get him something, but not underwear. But he'd always say, just, just give me underwear. You know, as a joke, uh, we got him underwear. And, and uh, <laughs> what do you get somebody that has everything? Or, you know, as a child, you don't have a way of always making a lot of money. So you can't get somebody who has a way of making money, somebody that has things, something they need. What do you get God? He's got everything. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. He can create anything. If, if He wanted something, He could create it. He spoke everything into existence, so He could speak anything He wanted into existence. What do you get, God? Well, there's one thing you can't, that God, that you can give God, and that's the gift of your soul. God give, gave it up to you to decide whether or not you would accept the gift of salvation. The one thing that God wants the most is for you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, to give yourself over to Him. And He reserves the right not... He reserves that right to you. He could say, okay, everybody's going to get saved like that, but He doesn't do it because it would be meaningless. And most people wouldn't appreciate the fact of what they've given. But God gave it to you to choose whether or not to give the most precious thing of all. And that's the gift of your heart, your life, your soul to Him. And so this, this Christmas is a time in which we need to consider whether or not we understand that it's a time of giving, that God gave the greatest gift of Jesus Christ that He would walk and live amongst us to be an offering, a sacrifice for us, and we have the greatest gift that we could ever give. That's the gift of ourself to God. Christmas is also a time of good tidings. Listen to what the angels say in verse 10. They say, the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This was a time of great celebration. They were, uh, the word that, there, that is used there is, uh, is the word that we get evangelized from. A great news, great news of great joy. This was a time in which the angels were evangelizing to the shepherds. And of course, later on, the, the shepherds, after they went, went and witnessed the birth of Jesus Christ and they saw the babe, they, 
they engaged in the same thing. They engaged in the sharing of good tidings with others. Why would you... uh, It'd be like if you found out that everybody was able to receive a million dollars. Well, you'd want to make sure, first of all, that you got it for yourself, right? You'd make sure that you had the opportunity to get your million dollars. But then you found out that everybody could get a million dollars. Well, you'd start telling all your friends. You'd start telling your family. You'd tell people that you'd walk up to and you kind of like, they might be acquaintances or friends. And you'd say, hey, do you know you can get a million dollars? Here, just call this number or text this number to this number and they'll put a million dollars in your bank account or whatever it is. Go find this out. And then you'd start telling people that you just met on the street that were just people that you passed by. Hey, did you know you could get a million dollars? And just do this and you could get a million dollars that's how the the shepherds were with this message of great joy they began to share with other people they began to share this great message it's a message of hope it's a message of love god's love professed to us a message of hope the the hope that that the the message of of what god had promised all the way back in genesis that that we would receive a savior that we would have one who would come and and overcome the sin that we had engaged in has finally come this message of great hope it's a message of great joy that that all the world would have the opportunity to have this message hasn't changed. Everyone can still have this wonderful message applied to their life. But, you know, right in the middle of all of this that, uh, that the angels were uh, uh, professing, there was the first Christmas cantata. You know, the first angel said, uh, Unto you is born this day in the, uh, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then all of a sudden, after he tells them where to find the babe and, and what uh, Jesus would look like, all this great heavenly host began to, uh, to show up and began to proclaim the, this wonderful message. And it says that... Uh, There was with them uh, the heavenly host, a multitude of angels praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest in all earth, peace, goodwill towards men. It was a time of amazing grace of God, of this great uh, message that God was bringing to the people, that peace was coming. These were people who yearned for peace. There was great turmoil in their land. They were not living free like you and I live. They were living as under the the control and the domination of another nation. They had to pay uh, taxes to this other nation. They had to uh, to give up anything. Uh, anytime a soldier came by and wanted anything that they had, they had to give it over to that, that soldier or fear being killed on the spot. They were people that were living uh, lives that were uh, controlled by others. And here the angel is saying, you're going to receive not only... Uh, this amazing joy of of God giving a son, but He's going to bring great peace. Peace into your life. 
peace into the lives of everyone. Well, we live in a, in a, in a free nation. Most people uh, that uh, come to church on, this morning throughout this nation are free. We're free to, to worship. We're free to come together. We're free to, if we want to go and eat at, at Cracker Barrel after church, we can get in the car, go drive to Cracker Barrel and eat. If we wanted to, uh, we don't have to get permission from a government agency to travel into Florida uh, to go shopping this afternoon. We don't have to uh, get permission from the government in order to to have a baby or to, to, uh, to have a child or we don't have to uh, gain permission from the government <laughs> in order to go find a new job we don't have to gain permission from the government to go and buy something we have those freedoms but you know we have a lot of times in our life that we're bombarded with all these freedoms that we don't really have the peace that God wants to give us we try and fill that our, the void within our life with all these different things. And we think that we have everything that we need because we are free. But there's a lot of people that don't have peace today. We receive today this wonderful news of the birth of Jesus Christ. That birth that signifies the amazing grace of God. These shepherds received the message of the great gift of God, of salvation coming that would bring peace within their life. This grace that was given by God that they might have goodwill towards men between God and man. Let's think about that for a moment. Whenever we sin, whenever we do something wrong, we the Bible tells us that we create enmity between us and God. We uh, and that that word enmity is a difficult concept for some people to have. It, it, it for some people they see it as conflict between themselves and God, and that's what enmity means. It means that there that there's a conflict between you and God. Whenever you sin, you do things that you want to do rather than what God wants you to do. You might uh, uh, whatever your sin might be. I'm not going to get into all the different things that you might do that are sin. You know what they are because the Holy Spirit touches your life and says, "Hey, that's wrong. You're not supposed to be doing that." But that creates conflict between you and God. And the Bible tells us that really that sin creates a barrier between you and God. It, it causes distance between you and God. The word enmity, I always think of it in terms of like uh, that sin causes us to be enemies with God. We're, and it's like uh, we're sitting there. My mama told me when I was little that when I was hungry and I needed to be fed, I'd start to cry and I'd ball up my fist and I'd just shake my fist because uh, I was hungry and I was crying. And that, that image of a little baby crying with his little fist kind of reminds me of what we do when we sin. It's like we're a little baby and we're crying out to God, I don't want to do what you want to do. And we're putting up our fists at God saying, uh, leave me alone, I want to do what I want to do. It's creating distance between us and God. It's causing us to be enemies with God. Not that God doesn't love us, but we're, we're despising what God is doing for us and, the, and we're, we don't want to do what God wants us to do. We're the enemies. 
But what the angel says is that he that God not only is giving us this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, this grace that is being applied towards us, but it brings not only that grace and peace, but it causes unity between us and God. It causes goodwill towards men. God's expressing His goodwill. Even though we're enemies with God and we've been separated, God is extending to us that grace, that forgiveness, that peace that will bring us back close together with God. And so that's the amazing uh, message of what Christmas is. And then also, also Christmas is a time of glorifying God. The angels came and glorified God. The, uh, and we already spoke to that. But also the shepherds, they went and they saw the, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. They saw him in the manger. They, they saw the family, Mary and Joseph. They saw all of this and they began to glorify God, the Bible says. They began to, after they saw all of that, they went throughout all the region and began to share with everyone that they met this wonderful news like you would be if you could tell other people how to get a million dollars. Go out and tell everybody this great message. And they glorified God in sharing what God had displayed towards them. That God's Messiah had come. That God's anointed one, God's uh, uh, foretold one that would come is there. It's actually there. They began to glorify God and they shared with everyone. Not just the angels, but they shared, uh, but also the the, uh, shepherds shared. With everyone. Then lastly, it's a time for going home, isn't it? Christmas is a time for uh, many times we try this time of year to, to make a trip back home. If we're not close to home, we at least, and we can't make it home, we at least call home and spend time with one another through that way. We try and do our very best to, to make sure that we connect with family. This was a time in which Mary and Joseph, of course, they went to uh, Joseph's ancestral home for the tax. Uh, and uh, it was a time for, for them to try and uh, go to that ancestral home. We'll go and, and spend time with our families. We'll tra- Many people will travel. Uh, you are also gathered here today with your family. And you might not make it home to wherever you grew up. You know, I grew up in North Carolina and in Charlotte. I, I won't necessarily I won't make it to Charlotte this year. Don't expect to go there. Don't don't expect to go. There's nobody in Charlotte that I where uh, my family grew up. My mom's in Salisbury now and she's living over there and my brother's over there and, and Robin's uh, families in Concord. We won't make it to cut North Carolina at Christmas, but we'll gather together at home with our family and because we have traditions here and, and you've got traditions with your family, but we but we've got an extended family and all of you. And all of, all of uh, our church family is our family. And we have, we're spending time with you. We're spending time with, with each other. It's a time of coming together and sharing with one another. It's also a time for us to, if we're not with God, 
a time to come home to be with God. As in the uh, parable of the prodigal son that wandered away from home, when he came to his senses, he rose up out of uh, the the uh, the hog pen and he decided he'd go and and cast himself before his father and say, hey, I'm not worthy enough to be a son. Just let me be a hired hand. And he made that long trip home. And, and when he was still afar off, Jesus said that the father saw him and ran to him and embraced him and loved him and had him cleaned up, put on a fine robe and, and had a great feast. This is the time in which you're called to come home to God. He's made the greatest gift of Jesus Christ for you. You have an opportunity to give Him the greatest gift of all, your soul, that you might give yourself to Him. A wonderful time to come and embrace and be with God. There's many reasons to have joy in this time of year. The greatest one of all would be for us to come closer to God, for us to embrace God and thank Him for this wonderful gift. And if you haven't given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, today's the day. Uh, as the Bible says, uh, today's the day, now's the time in First Corinthians. Now is the day, the appointed time. Come, give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. If you've been wavering and spending time away from God, not being as close to God as you should, now's the time to get close to Him because he's, it's a reminder of all that He's done for us and all He's given for us. Won't you come closer to Him? This is the time to get close to God, to return home, to be in His presence. Won't you come?